welcome to Fallout Podcast episode 61, aka Wet Sex Will Keep You Neathetized, aka Pat McCat. Pat McCat. It's a fall showdown, all 525 songs going head to head, a never to repeated showdown. 1977 Musical notes, floral, woody, and musky. Hitting all the range today. Very excited. Pit? I'm all right, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the Pampite Wawa extravaganza that we have for us today. Sweet. And we have uh, Lord Sage Temple, go for production over processing and, and defect. There are so many defects, you know, I hardly know where to start processing. Refect. Alistair, the walker, non-attachment does not mean not feeling emotions. Rather, it refers to intention of not allowing pain to turn into suffering. Yeah, keeping it in the red, Brendan. Beautiful. Uh, Tiny Tim Twy, is he with us tonight, Phil? He has indeed tuned in. Sweet. And I am tree three beards uh, with my foliage wide and flat like a deciduous tree. And uh, joining tonight, we have Steve of Oldham from um, the Church of the Fall. Good evening, Steve, or good morning, depending on what it is. Yeah. I say it's morning in uh, in Oldham. I'm uh, from Wolverhampton uh, originally, but I live in Oldham now, as you can probably tell. I haven't picked up the accent yet. 20 years I've been trying, but still got this uh, same accent as Shakespeare used, you know. Well, it's a beautiful accent, Steve. So what is the idea behind the Church of the Fall and what's your history and story with this great institution? It started off Church of the Fall as a radio a show on internet radio in Manchester, uh, Fab Radio International, Paul Ripley. If he's ever listening, thanks very much give me the chance must be about five years ago different he says we're a bit different uh do you fancy doing a show about the falls how could i resist so i did it um about 13 episodes i had a couple of four members on funky side walter croft and paul hanley uh, two drummers and then sadly uh just before the one I was going to be doing, uh, I heard this had news of the loss of the legend, of the myth, of the man that was Marquis e. Smith, and the last one was a two-hour tribute show. That's up on Mixcloud. Only once this in Church of the Fall. The idea behind it is, it's sort of the, I got into the Fall pretty late. As uh, I don't give too much away, because I'm sure there's thousands of people waiting to see the show. Well, maybe ten or twenty. But I got into the Fall a bit late, really, quite late. I thought I was forty, uh, not fifty-year-old man, forty-year-old man, standing next to Mark Riley, bizarrely, in uh, Manchester at the uh, Boddington's Brewery Hall, where it was a gig venue for a while before they finally knocked it down and shipped it off overseas to make the beer cheaper, reduce the uh, union rights, as they do. I knew who Mark Riley was. I never, I didn't know he'd been in the fall, I knew nothing about the fall. And then um, I basically got into it. Uh, Michael Pollard, who helped design the cover of Nation Saving Grace and took some iconic shots of Mark. I went to get some actor shots with him and he told me about it. I went to that gig, thought, what a noise. This is like Emperor's New Clothes, this. And I thought, I'll give it another go. And I second the third gig, I'm the penny drop, bang, you know. So the idea is it's like, they call a cult band, but it should be a broad church. You know, there's something for everybody. It's not a cult, it shouldn't be the cult of the fall. It should be the church of the fall. And the show's basically about my relationship with music growing up and then getting into the fall late and finding the greatest group ever. Absolutely, fantastic. Uh, when are you putting it on next? Oh, thanks for asking. I'll get the plug in early. I've not got a definite, I might be doing something in March. Uh, if people follow it on at Church of the Fall show on Twitter or Church of the Fall show on Facebook, or I've got my original Twitter and Facebook, which is just called Church of the Fall, I'll put it up on there. 
Uh, I might, I'm thinking of doing it in Edinburgh again next year. I did it in Edinburgh uh, this year. Stuart Lee turned up, which was a bit of a, it was only five in that night. Right. <laughs> Stuart Lee. But it was nice to give me a quote for the poster. I met a lot of other people who weren't famous who couldn't see it. It was great. But I might do it. I think I might do it in Edinburgh again next year for a shorter run as well, next next 2023 August. But uh, all are welcome, especially people who hate the fall because I'm here to change their lives. It sounds wonderful. I'm really intrigued. I was looking to see if there's some clips and stuff online, but you keep playing your cards close to your chest. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not very good at the old. I mean, uh, there's um, a couple of people, video bits, have put it online, the different things. So uh, they have filmed me some bits, bits where I do, I do sing bits of all songs. Okay. Not too much, don't worry. I do play bits of all songs, um, about five minutes worth, which is obviously worth the price of admission and the rest's sort of gravy. And if you don't want the rest, you've got five minutes of all songs. I will do at some point soon, get a website properly together and put bits up that I can put that haven't said don't involve full lyrics and break any copyright give a bit of better idea maybe of what it's about yeah there is a video where i talk about what the show's about and i did a great manchester fringe so i'll send you that link and if you want to put it up anyway will you sing for us tonight mm. I, I can if you want i mean you know I'm, i do I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I haven't got I'll sing as well if you like. Phraseology or anything. I mean, any I can hold the tune a bit, but any idiot can do that. You know what I mean? But can anybody sing like Mark e. Smith, really? You know I'll help I mean? you out. <laughs> okay, let's go for it. Nice. So up first, we've got Kicker Conspiracy uh, versus Barmy. So let's have a little bit of a listen to Kicker Conspiracy, if you don't mind, Philip. class act in there from the Hanley brothers on the bench Philip as is customary yeah come to you first what do you make of kicker conspiracy a uh, single 1983 it's yeah we use the word classic uh, all the time don't we but this is a, a bona fide absolute masterpiece I think this is absolutely exceptional. called it <laughs> there's so much good stuff to get into here and I know Ezra's going to talk about it because he always does but this is probably my favourite fall video I think it just all comes together I think you can just mark just oozes charisma all the way through it I think your eyes just drawn to him and the song itself is absolutely magnificent it kept the hookiest bit of the song for me as well as the backing vocal from the uh, from the kicker conspiracy line ah, it's every time that hits I'm sort of like the, I'm the this song is absolutely amazing so yeah I love kicker conspiracy I think it's it's a it's a perfect piece of angular songwriting with its handbrake turns and I, I think everything sounds wonderful and it's just a fully fledged post-punk gothic of a beautiful game and I'm, I'm for it 
100%. Yeah, it's, it was a really good idea to, to release it as a standalone single rather than have it on perverted by language. And, you know, around that era, they, they really nailed the difference between those album tracks and, and the singles. Alistair, what's this do for you? Yeah, it's, it's a great one, isn't it? I do remember uh, Peel playing this uh, twice in a row once. I think that there was some England football match on in there while I was playing Kicker Conspiracy, England scored. So I thought he'd go for it and play it a second time, see if they score another. And guess what? They didn't. But yeah, it's, it's got a lovely sort of walking vibe to it. Pretty much a strut, I think, but the, the, the technical phrase for the tackle walk for this one. But yeah, you've got the two drummers, the, the snare fills over the chorus, I think, are great. Cause it, slightly kind of glam feel to it for that bit. But that's kind of like, uh, again, it's just bringing in loads of different things and putting it together. And now, you, you know, you come with, with this final product, which is a great song about football. Yeah. Yeah, it was filmed at uh, Turf Moor, I think uh, 1983, seen its best days by then. Uh, probably been gentrified quite a bit nowadays but yeah that was one of the sort of original uh, football grounds from 1888 who's Turf Moor what's that Burnley Burnley, Burnley. Burnley. so it probably yeah. isn't gentrified it's probably not there but... anymore no no it's, the, it's still there it's still Turf there Moore. yeah I thought it was Bury at first somebody said but no it's Turf Moor I think is it? Is it yeah I'm it's, it's, it's Bury but it's Turf a bit like sort of skiffle with concussion at times and uh, I do I like the, the, the Larry Adult uh, harmonic that bit's fantastic but yeah great song blended <laughs> Did he just describe it as skiffle with concoction? Yes, I did. <laughs> Away with words, hasn't he? Uh, Steve, what about the kicker conspiracy? Um, I don't know how good I'm going to be on this uh, particular team, extending the football thinkers. As I say in the show, it's all good the fall. It's just different good. You know what I mean? I have been sort of captured by the cult before, well, I call it the church of the fall, but this is particularly good. If I can word the use, use the word average with the fall, which I hate to use, stands above the average fall song. I don't know whether you've picked it on terms of the World Cup coming up, but it's very timely, obviously. Uh, mm. I just had a quick Google on the Amnesty International site about Qatar's human rights record. If anybody's got a strong stomach, have a look at that. If they haven't, don't. You know what I mean? It's pretty grim, in it? I've cheated and done a bit of research. You know, I had a look at a couple of bits on this because I do love these songs. You say the attack of it, the, well, in the fabulous uh, You Must Get Them All by Steve Pringle, who's quoting Simon Ford, and he's saying that 20 years before Roy Keane was talking about prawn sandwiches, Mark Eastmith had seen the way football was going, you know, in the marble hall the Burt Miller chip and all that and Flair is punished and the dodgy backhanders and Heather Wilkett gets awarded which I'm sure is fully above board but check out that Netflix documentary and there are other views about Blatter and people like that but not proven obviously so just brilliant thought he was psychic didn't he he believed in all, all that I don't I'm personally I'm, sadly I think I'm, I'm an atheist so this, this is it for me but I don't think he was psychic personally I think he was just very prescient and he picked up on things very round in, in the news on people who's very 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 sensitive at picking up on stuff and he could see the way football was going before maybe the Premier League coming a bit later and starting the big slide. Prescient. I absolutely agree on that. Yeah. Not psychic, but very sharp. Yeah. So, and he, he talks in Renegade. We're just reading Renegade because we're going to do an episode on it quite soon. So he talks about cold reading people and how he's, he could just kind of, you know, as someone walked in the room, he could kind of get the vibe and tell them what they wanted to hear. And I think there's bits of that. And the way he talks in quite abstract terms, yeah, it got me thinking of, um, I remember Fever Pitch, reading Fever Pitch the first time around the book, Nick Hornby one, and he, his big thing is all about the kind of gentrification of football. And Smith got there a decade and a half before. Yeah, yeah once the middle class took an interest in it, it was used to be a dirty working class game. When they started taking their clients to get boxes at the football instead of at the rugby, that was the start of the end, wasn't it? Ezra, you're a fan of football ball, soccer team ball, right? Yeah, I love the American soccer's 
it's so fucking exciting. No, actually, I hate sports and I hate American soccer ball maybe more than any of the others. And I think this song really just explains it all for me. And yeah, you know, like, whilst I couldn't say it's my favourite full song, I'm not saying it's a bad full song, it's a fucking astoundingly good full song. I think this is one of the songs of that is song. really maybe more than any other that should go down in history because of its incredible fucking social, cultural foresight foresight and insight into the long con of fucking football and just how disgusting the whole thing is and how they're really and and you know right now we're at a point where you're kind of hoping it might be the bottom of the barrel but if we learn <laughs> yeah. history the, bo- the barrel is literally bottomless we've got there's more barrels to go sadly i think yeah 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 you know we've got david fucking beckham who's like throwing his solidarity for workers and his solidarity for non-heterosexual football fans under the bus for a nice fucking chunk of change. What a fucking traitor. What a scoundrel. FIFA, who are just cunts, basically. It's a disgrace. The whole thing's a disgrace. And this song... Sorry, all coming, and that's incredible. The other thing I like about this song is that Marky Smith talks about taking months and months to write the lyrics, which I don't doubt. But the music, whilst excellent and entirely to my taste, is, as so many people like to describe the English World Cup squad, scrappy. <laughs> it really sounds like it was thrown together in a day. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I need to come in there, because I don't get the opportunity to say this very often, but I agree with everything as we just said. <laughs> it still is a beautiful game. If you, if you dig deep enough, though, it's still there. Under all the shit, it's still there. It's still the greatest game ever, ever, ever invented. I used to have a season ticket many years ago for Liverpool. I, used to, I was through. I was sat on the pot for all of Rafa Benitez's career at Liverpool, uh, and I've, I've got a lot of time for football. And just like Ezra was saying, I think Matthew Smith just completely nails the culture shift. That took, that took place in football. It was taken from being a working class sport to being a middle class pastime. Uh, so yeah, I, I think this is an incredibly incredible bit of precog from the old Smithy. Yeah, I think Mark used to be stayed a football fan to the end of his work. I took my lad Jack about two. He was, his first full gig was 10. I got him into a festival underage sort of. And then we did go and see him at the Lowry once. We waited for an hour and a half and the guy at the Lowry on the door said, well, this, is, this can happen with a fall. And I read in some book after that that he was watching City play somebody on Sky Sports, Man City. So he waited an hour and a half while he watched Man City. That's why he was an hour and a half late for the gig. So one way. Yeah. If only they'd told him beforehand when they booked the gig that they were that they had games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, some way to know in advance. Yeah. This is totally random. The choice of songs, these eight, they're totally random. So no, just beautiful timing once again to allow everyone to have their, their dig as we're recording this two days before the World Cup starts. In this, uh, this, uh, I'd just like to feel that the, the precog hand of Smithy has picked these songs in this order. Man, it's happened yeah. so many times. Like uh, last week with Hey Student, when we were doing the Happy Mondays thing, the one when we had the... Yeah. The, the dude on off the who's who was actually mentioned yeah. in the song. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people believe that kind of stuff. Fair enough, wherever gets you through an idea, I'm not having a dig. But when I was in Edinburgh doing the show, I was staying in some digs, 
I went in a shop. There was a picture of Marquis behind the counter. Uh, that's a full song, isn't it? And uh, I, said, I said, oh, you know, I'm doing a show. Can I leave some flowers? I says, yeah. And then so said, oh, some great beers in here. What do you recommend? He said, well, this one's coming. He walked over, picked it up, and it was called Leave the Capital. <laughs> a Manche- Manchester brewery, obviously a middle-aged full fan, lunatic like me, who's got, also got a brewery, lucky bugger. Um, and I said, wow, this is like a dead and brown moment. And he's walking. It was dead random. He didn't go over to me. Oh, you like this is about the fall. He said, oh, they've come in. Well, this one, he just picked it up without looking. He said, leave. So, of course, that will prove to some people that Mark is still influencing. In the vibrations, isn't he? <laughs> what does Tim yeah. think of this? I'm imagining he's going to say exactly the same as you, your lot have just said. Well, he has had some difficulty getting through on the old psychic telegram, though. But he has put glorious noise, superb drums, bass, and a great stop-start grind of a riff. Love it. So, for me, there's a Hanley. Yeah, it is scrappy, but Hanley's on a big, deep bass. He comes in, it's it's really nice. And the, the fall the fall drums that are also big and pounding, but tinny and weak at the same time. I'm not sure how they manage it. Rattling those drums, but they're so badly mixed that it's not coming through. Like a funny northerbilly. It's not country and northern, it's northerbilly. Classic mez snarl with the odd squeak. And the, and it's, uh, I think, Scanlon on those wonky backing vocals. You can see it on the video. The end of football. It's the end of football. How Fleur is punished. Pat McCat, Pat McCat, the very famous sports reporter. Remember fans you are abroad. Remember the police are rough. Remember the unemployed. Remember my expense account and hot dogs and seat for Mr. Hogg and his grotty spawn. How style is punished. On the annotated fall where, Steve, I don't know if you go on that site much, but I steal literally yes. everything from that. <laughs> I have yes, no original ideas. <laughs> That's but, very um, honest of you, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it talks about meeting George Best, which, again, take it with a pinch of salt. It's Mez, right? It says, I was in some club in, in London in the 80s, and um, George Best heard I was from Manchester and went into this big rant about he got stick from the crowd at United when he thought he wasn't doing enough. Fair enough, he did stand around doing nothing for 80 minutes, but that that, that was that was all right as long as he still win the game. It's that a bit was, like Mark E. Smith, you know what I mean? If he was having a quarter gig, something was going to happen. You know what I mean? The 40-yard pass was coming up at some point, or the volley from 40 yards into the top corner. Exactly. Even if the rest of the game wasn't as, as good as you thought it was going to be already. Genius like that doesn't need to be running around like a blue-ass no. fly. That's for what the, uh, what's his name? Uh, was he Dan called? Was he some of the players' water carriers, Basically, they just carry the ball around to give to him to do the, you know, the genius bit. Well, it is up against Barmy off uh, this nation's saving race in 1985. Remember, listen, Pip. Army. 
Alistair, what's this one do for you? Well, it was it's one's about the weather, isn't it? Because it was written during a really hot summer, uh, hence the title. But yeah, it's, it's like it's really, really nice, sort of like upbeat poppy tune. And you just go and destroy it in the middle. Just loads of noise. Give it some noise. I quite like it for that. Yeah, the sort of like cutting off your nose to spice sort of um, aspect. But yeah, it does remind me kind of like a bit like the B-52s, the, the, the poppy bit, which is obviously, you know, the very kind of bricksy guitar riff. Yeah, it's one that definitely gets me like dancing around the kitchen and I really love piano at the end over the like the 4-2 drum beat. That's, that's uh, a nice touch of class. So going to be a tough competition, this one against uh, Kicker Conspiracy. I don't think so. Ezra, Europe, what do you reckon to uh, to this barmy? Yeah, it's a psychedelic shit layer cake of excellence. Really, he's really good. That, he's done that to you deliberately, hasn't he? Waited till you filled your whole mouth up with your tea. I could see you there then, Ezra, desperately trying to scram your tea. And he's just yeah. like, pumped, hasn't he? And, and waited for exactly the right moment. So you choke on your food, trying try desperately to be professional whilst he's being a cunt. Don't get me like that. Oh, nice try. Better look next time. Yeah, no, this is absolutely fantastic and i just love the way it dives into the abyss the um sludgy wah wah i've got everything i need except for money what a line it's That's great. very funny that yeah it's one of the full yeah, yeah. yeah. pertinent as fuck as usual yeah it, it, it's it's fantastic and this is a very very difficult decision to make for me i think because there's not a lot of gap quality of these two songs anyway that's i'm gonna get back to my salad i very unlucky you can't eat a salad on a mmes podcast i'll be giving you the sack from the grave there it's like i was gonna say it's a bit, uh, bit like revenge best served cold very good <laughs> it's on a pun you're on a pun extravaganza here i would say you're on a I'm, I'm a stand-up of sorts but uh, i would say that's a decent gag on right fair enough steve what do you reckon to bar me yeah, I mean, my mental health struggles, I think most people have, and uh, this is one of the songs that can pick you up. up uh, try, you used to try and pick me up on occasions. It's just such great fun, I think, you know. And, I, and it's a bit self-aware as well, I think. I think he's, he did talk about himself in the third person sometimes, his balmy mark and mad mark and all that, and he realised that, you know, people thought he was a bit mad, and uh, but he sort of revelled in that difference in otherness and... I suppose um, This Nation Saving Grace was the first album I listened to because I got into the fall through Michael Pollard or St. Michael in the Church of the Falls, I called him. He's my John the Baptist. As I mentioned briefly before, I had some actor shots and there's a picture of bricks on the wall, actually. He got that he took at the time in 85 around doing the album cover with Klaus Kaskandioid as well, didn't he? Did it with Michael. And um, so it's the first album I got into, and, and this one, you know, it's always sort of, you know, cheers me up, basically. It's just a great, it's a great sort of... Thing. Uh, again, I've, I've cheated like you. I've cheated. I was googling it. Uh, apparently, it's ripped off from a 1968 Monkeys riff of the song of Valerie. Oh, Valerie! Yeah. Great Monkeys tune, yeah. I, I didn't know until until I cheated earlier. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that unless uh, before I had a look on the annotated four because it is great tune, very poppy. I don't think it's that close. So it's a, they've definitely messed around with the riff mm. a little bit. It's difficult to tell in it, really. I mean, whether they admitted or it's not close. It's not as close as uh, athlete. Cured, isn't it? It is it? not. But they're yeah. off, off um, Spinal Tap tonight. I'm going to rock you. That was clearly a definite lift. Yes. And uh, Elves, the very first song we did in the podcast was Elves, which is uh, I Want to Be Your Dog by the Stooges. Like, note for note. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, Philip, what do you Hello. reckon? What do you reckon to buy me? 
it's a foot tapper, isn't it? It's it, it comes straight out the gates and sets out what it's going to do, or or you think it does, and you you sort of get into the groove of it, and then for the chorus, so that if I I wondered if it was a reworking of um, Jumping Jack Flash, actually the the riff, it's got that kind of vibe to it, and the tone is very Brian Jones, isn't it, on the guitar, um, and then for the for the chorus, they nick the orchestral orgasm from A Day in the Life, which is just a Rock of fucking genius. <laughs> it's, it always reminds me of just step sideways. This the, when the riff kicks in, and when we talked about that, even though I, I do love that song and it's a great song, it does because it on a little bit, the the repetition doesn't quite work the same. I don't think in, in some as some of their other stuff. Even though it's a great riff, and and it's like they've learned the lesson on this song. They they come out the gates with that great foot tapper riff, and then slam on the brakes for this weird avant garde chorus, and then straight back into the. Foot yeah, it's like they're going back into a tunnel or something. They go down yeah, into a tunnel and then come back up. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's yeah. really, really um, nice craftsmanship in terms of songwriting. It's weird. I can't remember where you... I think you played an interview with Smithy a few weeks ago where he said he always considered himself a songwriter. And I've, since since listening to that, I've been I've kind of had a bit of a different lens for looking at the fall stuff and thinking about it more as a sort of Lee Hazelwood or, a, you know, a Jimmy Webb or something like that as an actual songwriter himself but it's I think you you can you can see that sensibility in this type of song. It's uh, it's I, I I really I really like this. I think it's it's an it's a good track. It's one of the best on that album. It's not done too well that album, has it? In this competition, in terms of stuff going through, nothing has gone through except for I'm Damo Suzuki. Every other track off this station, Saving Grace, has gone out so far. Now, fair enough, we have. Oh, that's a high bar you're setting there. Yeah, well, we haven't got to paint work in my new house, but um, yeah. I think they're the only two left, and they've got. A good chance of course the classics but everything else has gone out um yeah somewhere i read where he was talking about he tries to write a eurovision song every couple of years but he never succeeds and uh this, this is a uh, an example yeah. of why because you put like a noise breakdown every 30 seconds in your pop songs yeah yeah it was the bobby's it was been said in about bricks and the popular era so there's some great pop songs and catchy songs but i suppose his voice isn't for everybody but as you say, I think he saw himself as a writer, didn't he? And, and the songs are very sort of lyric-led somehow. And then, from what I can tell, he got in the room and he edited what people wanted. He probably put some great stuff on the cutting room floor that should have, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have gone on the cutting room floor. But overall, he had a great ear for music, didn't he? He couldn't write it, but so he knew what he wanted to go around his lyrics, which were 99% of the time was they, they drove the song. In that yeah, sense. a lot of great lyrics. And, and some of it was sabotage or wolf subversion of things that I'm sure would have been way poppier but there's a couple tonight coming up later where he let the pop uh, let the pop run what about uh, yes. him three Timothy Twartois said I like this one plenty sounds weird in that this nation saving grace way super shiny but fucked up at the same time I like the break where everything goes to sludge and stumbles chromatically for a few seconds otherwise a bit jolly and jaunty fair enough it's I time love, I love this song I love this song you don't need to say anything Brendan let's do it now 
now is votes. I love the songs where he sings the riff. Sings, I see where you're trying to turn the tables, Phil, but you know, yeah, I, I, I do it through incompetence, whereas you are a, a malevolent fiend. I'm the Machiavellian. The, the riff is twangy and cheeky cheesy, and they're all playing the same thing, bass, guitar, and Smith all doing that same very cheesy melody. It's a sweet treat, but the breakdown does not help for me. I, I just want them to keep plowing that riff. Two minutes and I'm thinking, that's enough now, but then they start winning me over with the plinky plonky keys are coming in. Simon Rogers is doing his best. He's I gotta add more and more and more. But what where do you go when you're singing the riff and everything comes in at five seconds and it's six minutes long? It's like what where do you go? Uh, so for me, it doesn't quite go anywhere near enough for all of Simon Rogers trying his best. Sounds great though. And lyrically, out of England, I dream of its creamery. When I'm there, I dwell on Saxony in Turkey, not due to world war. Istanbul is the place because of my birthday. Friends disintegrate within circles of hash, residue after years of fab genius and a medal from the company which I wiped my butt on and hung from the laburnum tree. Beautiful. I think B Army, the British Army. And I also thought Barmy might have been about the uh, about hooliganism. I thought he might have had another football song, but exactly. I, I think, but I do think it's an army thing. I think he's talking about traveling the world and uh, being a shit to the rest of the world. But what do I know? Shall we take a vote? Putting uh, Kicker Conspiracy up against Barmy. Philip? Kicker. Yes. Alistair, I know earlier you said you thought it was going to be close. I really do not think it's going to be close. Alistair, which way are you going? Well, I'm going to try Nickerson. It's a little bit closer. So I'll go, I'll go Barmy. I think the uh, piano. For Tactical me. voting. Tactical voting. If you can get one more person, it might be close. What's Tim think? Uh, kicker. Aye. Ezra? Barmy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Back of the net. He's done it, Annie. <laughs> it's not. It's not working. Steve, which way are you going, kicker or barmy? Oh man, uh, can't have a score draw now. It's no, you can. Possible. You split your votes if you want. Oh, I don't, no, I don't. if you're a coward, I'm, not, I'm trying to count the. I'm, I'm giving it to Barmy in that goal in the 90, last second of extra ten minutes of extra time. It's that what, close. What do you say? So it is. Very close, because I'm going for kicker. So we're going to the fingers. Steve, what we do here is you, you can give us a score out of three for each song, and I'll tot them up. So on scores on the doors. Let's start with kicker conspiracy. Hold up your fingers, or three, six, nine, twelve. 2.9. Oh, he's giving it a little oh. window. I, li- I like that. <laughs> So that's fifteen point nine plus. What's Tim giving it? He's giving it three. Oh, that is a very high score. Um, which spoiler? Uh, what about Barmy? Three, six, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It doesn't matter what Tim's giving it. Kicker conspiracy goes through, but it was tight. It did go down to penalties. Very. Um, for the, the fact fans out there, Timothy Twy gave it two and a half. Okay. Listen to the next era. This is Rose off Shiftwork, nineteen ninety one. Take it away. Down 
There's a letter marked a joke I have not yet read it Whoa Always a good sign when Pip lets it play a bit longer, isn't it? I was totally distracted then. I was, I was getting into it. Ezra, what do you reckon to Rose? This is such a great pair of songs. I think they might get the wrong way around because, you know, of course, the song it's up against, Bad News Girl, is basically Marky Smith singing about how he's had it up to his fucking tits with bricks and she should fuck right off. Whereas here... <laughs> <laughs> He's given it a couple of years. He seems to be saying, oh, Bricks, you weren't as terrible as I thought you were. And anyway, I know we're not going to get back together or anything like that, but, you know, you weren't that bad. And <laughs> it's such a hilarious song. I mean, this whole era of The Fall has been a new one for me since I started this podcast. And, you know, there are songs that we dealt with from this period that came up earlier on, which I was quite possibly quite scathing of. And if I had my time again, we'd be less scathing of because it, this era has completely won me over. And I've said it before, but it feels like the fall are trying to subvert coffee table pop. And this is potentially one of the best examples of it. it. Like the music's just fantastic. It's got this like kind of like whirling daisy chain windmills in the sky kind of feel to it. And Marky e. Smith seemingly under the influence of, I don't know, a lot of heroin or mogadons and a bottle of whiskey is just like murmuring about how freckles <laughs> freckles are so popular with the younger set these days and no oh, rose are here in Homestead now getting married <laughs> it's a hilarious slightly macabre but fully lovely song and I just can't help but love it <laughs> without any you know without any qualms whatsoever it's glorious it is indeed it is indeed steve what does rose do for you she's not here to, to defend herself with what but she did once say i couldn't listen to a full track i quite like that one until he started singing now so she, i think this is the sort of full track she'd like because it's sort of almost indie jangly a little bit in the chorus and he's sort of quite melodic really <laughs> for a, and what the uninitiated would necessarily expect of a, of a fall song. So, yeah, I love the, the sort of yeah, the gentle run of it. It reminds me a little bit of sort of weather report, and that sort of more I mean, your future outputs a more gentle, sort of reflective, oh, yeah. you know, um, uh, stuff. It's the sort of thing that people who would probably hate quite a bit of these more challenging, want a better phrase stuff, or the fall's more challenging stuff might might be a good place to start with the in the, in the church of the fall and get to complete atheist fall fans who won't admit his genius. This might be a good place to start. Yeah, it's it's accessible, but but be beautiful. I think. Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, yeah, agreed. What, what was the song last week that uh, Phil uh, that we were talking about that was simple and and poppy, but but didn't have the charm? Do you remember Al? No. no. <laughs> The World Cup one, wasn't it? No, because we, lo we love that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the South African World Cup one. With, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, it's Ed Blaney. It's, uh, it's Smith and, and Ed Blaney. Because uh, when I first saw Shuttleworth, I thought John Shuttleworth, of course, but it's not. It's a different It would. I always thought that's when we interviewed uh, Jeffrey the other week and he was talking, he got Dragnet first and then every four-hour after that, he hated it first because it didn't sound like Dragnet. 
It's the same, I think, with me with this era, with the ones like shift work. Originally, it was like, this is boring. This is dull garbage. And then little by little, now every song just sounds like a beautiful treat for the ears. But what does Tim think? Well, let's have a look. He's scratched onto this psychic paper. Kind of revolting, really. Shit synth pipes. Shit wacka wacka. Shit lyrics. <laughs> he can go fuck himself, can't he? So, <laughs> lilting groove, a cheeky scratches. Those scratches, though, <laughs> in the background. Pan pipes. Pan pipes. I'll let you take that one, Phil, in a minute. Post Rogers pan pipes. Very cheeky tunage. Sweet little number. Soppy MES has a cold. Funky Psy keeping it tight and varied. Um, and then I said, I think it's Psy on the keys because he played them on some songs. But um, this being 2022, I then went on Twitter and messaged Simon Walton and said, did you play the keyboards on, uh, on Rose? And he's like, no. I think Craig might have. Uh, and then St Steve Hanley jumped in and says, no, it was Marsha. And uh, that was like 10, 10 minutes ago. And I was like, right. and it, but I already knew this because it's on the Wikipedia page. So when, as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. But I didn't think of it because they'd Marsha had already left at the end of after Extricate got sacked on that Australian tour. Mm -hmm. and, but I think they must have done Rose just before her and Brahma left. And it must be yeah. the first song for the album. Yeah, that's uh, for PhD level for students if they're doing the research. I think I'll nick this from um, uh, You Must Get Them All, Steve Pringle. He says the only song that Brahma and Schofield were on the same track. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, But I think it, that's what makes it. It's Marsha's, she left on a high note. And again, she was just on, again, you're talking coincidences and... and um, Smith pulling the strings, but she was on. Um, she was on. Oh, brother! This week I just listened to the. She's a doctor now. That story is amazing. If you listen to that, she's a very interesting. She's a medical. She mm -hmm. left the fall within a year of leaving the fall. She started. She said Tony Wilson offered me this backup dancer job, and I thought, fuck it, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and she studied she studied I mean, inspired. exactly there's a bit there's a bit more to it than that she does a lot of background i think in um is that is that possibly the most brochialist anecdote <laughs> <laughs> yeah i listened to that podcast uh, the, the latest one with marcia and uh old brother podcast the hanley brothers yeah, I, I just wondered, because she specialises, if you go on Twitter, she's a pain doctor, so I'm not sure whether that was her experience in the fall. She wanted to <laughs> reduce people's pain and suffering. Exactly. I don't know, because she, she's saying she had some tough times, and some great times as well. Yeah, I, I, no one gets an easy ride in the fall, I don't think. So. She seems like she loved her time, um, most of it, and uh, then, yeah, yeah, she went on to become an actual bona fide medical doctor, so good on her. She was in pain. Pain. <laughs> Reduction. Yes. So uh, then that scratching noise in the background would irritate a lesser man than Mez. I imagine someone like Stevie said, play this for someone new to the fall. And I, I get that. But I think about a minute in, they'd be like, what's that noise? Why is it <laughs> <laughs> all the way through? It's like that's Dave Bush's <laughs> contribution to this song. <laughs> oh, Mark. 
Um, <laughs> what does Pep think, though? Uh, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I was uh, I was intrigued about the, the lyrics because I've I've not given the lyrics as much of a focus this week. I've, I've really just been listening to the music and, and getting into the vibe of some of these tunes. And like you've all been saying, apart from Timothy Trois, um the vibe of this tune is great. Really, it really draws you in, and it, it, it's this is probably grown on me more than any of the other tracks this week. Actually, it's um, it's 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 certainly got its way onto the murky soppy playlist. Um, and we've had we've had uh, whacking guitar with uh, with Barmy, and we've had Pam Parks on the last tune, and now they come together in the same song. Uh, a bit of whacker whacker all the way through, and it it works as an arrangement. It is very light and it's gentle, but but yeah, as with all fall stuff, because of because the sum is much greater than the number of its parts, it it creates this this quite sinister little uh, macabre edge to it all. But um, yeah, lovely track. It's a real Really, really nice pop tune. Sweet. Is that everyone? My memory is terrible, so if I miss someone, yeah, I'll speak to the surface. What do you make of Bert Ross? Yeah, let's go now. Like lyrically, it's like one of those lamentful songs, which kind of reminded me of a, another lamentful song with the rose in the title, which is a. Uh, my Rose Has Left Me by Mulligan and O'Hare. They, you know, ran off to uh, Kenya with a guy from Malai Carpets. It's a very sad song. Right, it kind of reminded me a bit of New Order. I think that's like the acoustic guitar or the guitar on it and the bass, which kind of reminded me a little bit of Peter Hook. Uh, not playing any high notes, but, you know, when he's in his uh, sort of like dubby kind of mode. In that keyboard, I just cannot stand it. I think if you'd played the same riff on a melodica or something like that, it sounded a lot better. Uh, but it's still kind of like cheesy as a riff. And that wah, no, I can't be doing with it. Reminded me a bit of um, that noise on um, Easter Everywhere LP, uh, 13th floor elevators. that just goes on all the way through it and uh, it becomes a bit annoying. But yeah, it's, it's shift work and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a massive fan of shift work. So uh, no surprises there, Brendan. I'm not that keen on the song. Got it on you tonight, on you, Alistair. You know, he's, he's an interesting character, isn't he? Because it's if, if something was genuinely annoying, he would be singing the virtues of that from the rooftops, wouldn't he? But because it's because it's annoying in a nice way, all of a sudden that's that's you know the work of the devil, isn't it? Aye, fair enough. Well, it uh, it is up against Bad News Girl off Curious Orange, nineteen eighty eight. All right, hit us, Pip. Now, before the pan pipes come in, travesty. What is it? Give us a blast of the pan pipes. <laughs> what you say is 
second best panpipe sound of the evening. What does Tim think of this? I think he'll like it. I think he's on board with this. A bit of incidental music with a good bass line. Short and bitter. Um, what about uh, me? What do I think? I think heavy, heavy bass up in front with chiming Marsh's keys. Craig adding some dirty, clangy color and megaphone mez in the corner. Panpipes, I ask. Are they real? Simon Rogers, professional panpipe player, is in the band, but I don't think they're real. Minimal and ambles along menacingly. As I said in the bunker chat this week, it reminds me a lot of Kennel District, Bofwawi uh, Zowie by Pavement. Probably not a coincidence. And then at uh, nearly four minutes, some chirpy xylophones came in and uh, it all gets sped up. And I'm not sure I needed this corner turn. I was fine where I was. And um, it's another song about bricks, probably. Yes. Goodbye, my dear. As Ezra pointed out, uh, this was uh, this should have been in the other order. It should have been reversed. But there we go. Pip, what do you make of Bad News Girl? I was very tempted to fade that out to uh, Brian Adams' Run to You, which uh, musically, I, I think it's worryingly close to Brian Adams at the start. But it, it's really grown on me. And uh, when just listening to it, then I thought, do you know what? It's as a band. I, do you remember that interview that was doing the rounds with Ian Brown and Rose's like sort of the, for started where he said he wanted to be as big as Michael Jackson he wanted oh, to be yeah. as big as Donna and the, the interviewer kind of laughs a little bit at that point and Ian Brown takes a little bit of umbrage at that as in why why can't I why can't I be as big as Madonna or as Michael Jackson you know and without pointing out the fact it's probably because you're a shit singer yeah you fucking take uh, five years to make your second album yeah <laughs> maybe but musically and production wise and how everything comes together and, and how good a slice of, of music it is from a, from a performance point of view and a production point of view you know it, it is up there with your Brian Adams and your Michael Jacksons and Madonnas and all that kind of stuff it's, it holds its own with all of that stuff um, it's just got the genius of Marquis Smith added to it as well which makes it better than all of those things so um, I, I, I do really like this but it, it is the only thing it suffers from is is not actually a, a criticism of it because it's it's soundtracky it's textural and it's there to be the background to contextualize something else that's going on and i think it worked perfect for that so yeah i i think this is a really really enjoyable bit of music and just at the moment in the tune where all those things that should really fucking annoy you like pump pipes and all that just at the moment when it, it should really start getting too annoying to listen to you kind of shift gear and 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 uh, and it works. So it's it's a bit hodgepodge, you but it's because it's not a tune to be listened to like this. It's, it serves a different function, doesn't it? Oh yes, indeed. And there's a funny bold claim that you could have put this on Thriller and nobody would have noticed. <laughs> I'll make that claim. Very good. What about uh, Alistair? Why do you make a Bad News Girl? Bad News Girl? It's about Jennifer Saunders. She was in Bad News, wasn't she? A nice riff. Um, it's got that kind of like loose, sort of spacious, soundtracky thing to it, as, as you know, we've mentioned before. Possibly for the dancing. You know, Tim mentioned interlude music. So, you know, it could just be sort of like part of the play, really piecing it all together like a bit of a jigsaw. Yeah, like a phone box at the start. Very nice. And like loose groove to it. Then it starts getting faster. Oh no, no, that, that that bit really kind of just sounded like it had been pegged in there. Um so it's 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 all right, you know, but the, the fast bit 
kind of put me off a little. I'm with you. We agree, finally. Steve, what, uh, what do you reckon the bad news, girl? And, and, and what about the play itself or the ballet itself? Curious Orange. Um, yeah, I went to, um, when I was up in Edinburgh doing the Church of Fall in Edinburgh August uh, a couple of months back, we had an um, exhibition, a Michael Clark exhibition, Dundee. Yeah. Another hour and a bit's drive, obviously, I had to, make, I had to go there. Um, yeah, it was just revisiting, well, yeah, I say revisiting, I, I missed the fall. Most of the fall, so I didn't get it first time, but obviously I've um, listened to the uh, Curious Orange and read about it since and stuff. And yes, yeah, the whole sort of concept of the album was great, and obviously the ballet and all that, and there's loads of clips from the ballet. So if that comes on again, I recommend anybody to go and see it. I think this one, I mean, I can see why people, people didn't like Rose as much. It is a bit, you know, I, and I do prefer this one, I'm giving it away. Probably a bit just because it's, I do prefer the darker intent ones, if you know what I mean, and, and the bass line and these rather but the uh, brutal lyrics <laughs> sort of go together. So I like the feel of it, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, I'd, I'd, the, yeah, the, the more sort of accessible ones, I tend to less like less, as it were, accessible in inverted commas. Yeah. I think this, it's not totally unaccessible, but I think it's, it's the lyrics really that uh, make it less... Uh, uh, poppy, palatable. <laughs> if people, that's if people listen to the lyrics as much as uh, as, I, as, as I, some people do. Not everybody does, but uh, yeah, the sort of bass is quite sort of threatening kind of thing. And the lyrics are quite threatening, <laughs> quite like the vibe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm surprised, uh, Al, you didn't mention Sonic Youth because I think that was you and Ezra. Maybe that's what we got off talking about. This reminded you of a Sonic Youth, or maybe I'll leave that to Ezra and see whether he wants to pick up that thread. Ezra, what do you make of this? song bad news girl well absolutely i mean this is one of a few songs that have come up and i've listened to them and the first thing i think is they're trolling sonic youth how dare they not that but anyway yeah like you know the the other ones i can remember would be pat trip dispenser uh and butterflies for brains but this one is so sonic youth-esque it's ridiculous you know it's the whole kind of like doom 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 ching ching it's really, really Sonic Youth. You know, that's one of their kind of hallmarks, one of their motifs. You know, so I was like, for sure, he's fucking, he's got Sonic Youth in his sights here. And as before, you know, I go and I check the date it was recorded. And it's before Sonic Youth did any of that stuff. So what's going on there? <laughs> it's really really befuddling me and yeah it, it's a really interesting song um it's very interesting that marky e. smith seems to link his relationship with bricks to panpipes um I, I couldn't begin to guess why um but also the kind of like shitty outro is just hilarious and that's also quite sonic oh, youth sonic. because you know sonic youth would take those kind of like left turns in a song and the fact that it sounds so shit here is the fact is the thing that convinced me that he was trolling Sonic Youth because I was like oh yeah you know that's exactly what I wanted to do if I wanted to take Sonic Youth down a peg or two but obviously not obviously he was just having a go at bricks so but anyway yeah it, it's a smashing track it was uh, well, 88 so Sonic Youth was still doing Daydream Nation at that point very noisy long form songs they didn't get to stuff like Dirty for another three or four years and um, yeah I think basically <laughs> this is the template for what Sonic Youth became and when they started doing the poppy stuff goo and dirty and all and everything after that but uh, um steve when you went to see that exhibition the uh 
Michael Clark one. Did is it right that they recreated the set of Curious Orange? Is that there? Yeah, yeah, there was some of it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if the, I guess it wasn't the original. These sort of things tend to be skips, don't they? But there was a, a hamburger there yeah, and a large fries and uh, bits and bobs. Yeah, and videos playing and stuff. Yeah, and, and then the rest of it was obviously the other bits from his career, which is so not a ballet expert, but uh, all look pretty impressive as well. The other stuff that was there, yeah, it was great. The bad boy of ballet, but um, it's too bad they didn't do more more stuff together because I don't think they fell out or anything. So I'm not sure why. Uh, probably once Bricks had gone, maybe uh, Smith lost that that side of his uh, inspiration. Never know. I think did did Marcia Schofield say in, on that podcast with Newstalk Steve Hanley that uh, the ballet dancers the, the fall had to be sort of very disciplined because they had to play the songs at the rush at the right time, right tempo for the ballet dancers. Yeah. But then the fall would go out for a drink and the ballet dancers would go out till five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Turn up the next yeah. day. So they, were even, they were much wilder than rock and roll than a rock and roll group. You wouldn't see them until next morning. It's always the quiet ones, isn't it? Shall we take yeah. a vote? Uh, we've got Rose up against Bad News Girl. Now this, Alistair, is going to be close, I believe. Where are you going, Al? In my books, it's definitely not close. I'm going Bad News Girl. All right. That's one for B- BNG, Ezra. I'll have to go for Rose. All right. Steve, which way? Uh, bad News Girl. Ooh. Philip? That'll be Rose for me, I guess. I'm going for Rose, and I've got a feeling Tim is going for Bad News Girl, is he? Yes. Oh, unbelievable. There's so many fingers. Let's go. Let's do it again. Give me a point set of three for Rose. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ezra, is that zero for you? No, it's uh, 2.75. Okay, that's 11.75 plus whatever Tim's giving. What's he giving? Big donuts. Really? Gee, geez, Louise. All right, bad news, girl. Out of three, three, two point five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven point five plus Tim, two, thirteen point five. Bad news, girl, goes through Whew, to the wire. Let's move on and have a listen to uh, WB off Unutterable, the year of our Lord two thousand. out after 20 seconds that's not a good sign is it phil you don't like this one do you nearly 50 seconds don't like it do you no au contraire one of me tell me more i I think this is awesome i could listen to this all day long i i I love that sort of cosmic-y garage start i think neville wilding's riff is great i love how he blends that sort of repetitive elastic man kind of hammer on riff with a more dozy uh, rock and roll kind of feel. And I think he, he nails it all the way through. I love the electronica that's going on with it. I think it gives a lovely whooshy kind of croak rock feel to it. Um, I think they get everything right. I, I, I think everything would have sounded very
very stinky in other people's hands, but I think they really nail it with this. So I think it's another Wilding Nagel classic for me, really. And I, I, I love this kind of stuff. I, I can appreciate that other people might think it's a bit meh, but it really pushes my buttons in all the right ways. So yeah, I love this. Indeed. Uh, what about Alistair? There's a, a little bit of meh in there, like, you know, but not too much. Um, you know, it's nice sort of jammed out sounding stuff, uh, but you know, it's it's strict enough that it's it's all being kept together quite well. I quite like the way that some stuff that sort of drops out, yeah, and, that, and uh, comes back in again. That kind of dynamic, you know, decent recording. That's not shabby at all. Kind of spacey, so that's entertaining. Basically, there's there's nothing bad in there, you know. It's uh, but it's not something that really sort of uh, grabs me attention. Aye, aye, fair enough. Steve, what about this one for you? Um, it's all almost like like a Dwayne Eddy kind of riffing it slow one. When predicts speed of it, ding, 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 ding. that kind of sound, you know. Yeah, it's sort of it's one I can go back to. Yeah, sort of builds and stuff, and to get any sort of lyrical inspirations in. And uh, Blake is another one of his uh, uh, people he was into in it really as well. Sort of hypnotic sort of riff, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Around this series, he was using a lot of Blake stuff and I think um Mark Smith singing about Blake is a, an open goal for the for, for Meds. You can't really go wrong. But what does Tim think of this? We're going down the hill this time instead of up one. Lucky us. I like the neck pickup guitar sound and it's decently atmospheric. But sometimes I feel like I should poke it with a stick to see if it's still alive. I'm with him. I'm with him. I think uh, like Nagel's synth pads and those nice keys come in and it sets up a really nice vibe and then it gets shit at about 25 seconds in. It stays shit for the rest of the song. Pub rock, meaty bass and drums all together far too beefy for my liking. So I don't really think it's shit, but I, I do think it, it's a bit beefy and a bit stodgy for my my kind of liking. Lyrically, I think Vegas for its own god, isn't it? Like Tim was saying, pocket to see if it's still alive. It's like you set up something decent and uh, I kind of I needed it to do a bit more. He does go down the hill instead of down the road and up the street. Um, Rome didn't matter or come off, but heaven and hell did. And look up the fire. The fire is falling and look up. Flaming her shot through the streaking sun over him. Oh, merchant, leave thy island. Nepuchadnezzar. Is that how you say it, Phil? Nebuchadnezzar. I never knew there'd be times like this. Pinched mostly, apparently, from, from the Song of Liberty by William Blake, which is better. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> fair enough. All night beneath the ruins, their sullen flames faded, emerged round the gloomy king with thunder and fire, leading his starry host through the waste wilderness. He promulgates his ten commands, glancing his beamy eyelids over the dark and dark dismay, where the sun of fire in his eastern cloud, while the morning plumes her golden breast. Fair enough. But if you're going to take on, on William Blake and you're going to pinch some of his lyrics, I don't know. Maybe you got to try a bit harder, Mark. What about Ezra? Well, you know, I. <laughs> First of all, it's interesting, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't um, try to counterclaim your argument that you've got to be careful when you're stealing from the masters, William Blake, but it just occurred to me that we don't have any record of William Blake's own musical output, of which there was. As far as I know, there's no record, no notation, no nothing. And that got me to thinking, I wonder what his music sounded like. Could have been gash, could have mm -hmm. been terrible music. Well, interesting enough, Isaac, I found a clip of it. Here, let me just play it for you. I've got nothing. Got nothing. Move on. <laughs> I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Um, but yeah, actually, yeah, I, I really like this song. I don't think it's too pog rocky at all. Um, the only thing I would change about the lyrics is rather than went down the hill, 
I think you've heard about Mad Blake. He walked up the street. Yeah. Would have made it better. Um, but yeah, I think of actually all the tracks tonight, this has got the best vocal hook for me. Like, I really love the look up, look up. Yeah, I think it's great. And for me, every time that kind of hits, it just pulls me right back into the into the track. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much a fan of this one, i got to say. All right, I'm totally lost. Um, has Tim told us what he thinks of this? He has. Uh, yeah. He has, hasn't he? said it was poking the beast. Is that everyone then? Have I forgot anyone? I'll have not forgot you again, have I? No, you forget me. I'm losing my mind. All right, let's move on to what it's up against, which is the acute of Are You Are Missing Winner 2001. Alistair, what do you make of this? Yeah, I quite like this one. All very country northern, isn't it? Um, at the end, you got that like mad sort of like shreddy guitar that, that was quite interesting. Just completely out of place, like but suits it. And, you know, lovely drawling kind of like vocal delivery. Very good. Nothing too much to complain about here, Brendan. Indeed, indeed. Steve, what's uh, the acute do for you? Yeah, I suppose it's um, you know it's the one before we talked about the I mean we've said it now about the sort of MES's uh, sort of vocal um, style pulling you back into songs. This is very dominant in this one, isn't it? It's not like a country sort of riff and like Stockholm syndrome or whatever. I've been captured by my uh, falling in love with my um, my kidnapper. But anything, any song where his vocals are high up and his inflection, I can just it's like a different. It's like an instrument to me. <laughs> almost listen to just take his voice out of this i could just listen to him <laughs> without any music behind it so i like it for that just the, the dominance of the vocals and you know and maybe reads maybe i'll read it more into the lyrics some lyrics and others but it, again it's it's sort of uh it's it's good to sort of you know listen to what he's saying and perhaps read too much into it but it's just uh, maybe it's marmite or whatever <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah I, I like Marmite. <laughs> Have you listened to either of his solo albums? It's post nearly man and Panzer, Panda, 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 Panda. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like Marmite. <laughs> Have you listened to either of his solo albums? It's post nearly man and Panzer, Panda, 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 Panzer. We, we've, I have, we've got, been... I have got Panda, yeah, somewhere yeah. well back there, to be honest. Some really interesting stuff, spoken word, and we've been, you know, mad bastards have been pulling it apart we did an episode last week on some of his solo stuff and some of it's hard going but some's magic the stuff yeah. about harry hill is ranks up there for me is like is some of his best best lyrics <laughs> and, and there is a lot of very very high quality fucking marky smith words going on in there right? yeah. 
But it's, it's like, it's the words. And like, I mean, I think I said before, any of you can hold a tune. Um, I can hold a tune a bit uh, when they were singing the show a bit. But it, it's, there's, a, there's not many singers who, whose voice engages me, interests me. You know? And he's not a classical, classically great singer, you know what I mean? Um, he can sing when he wants to, but he, he chooses not to. As Sue says about jokes, and I can do jokes, but I choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> he chooses not to sometimes. This one is more more challenging vocals are probably coming up uh, uh, in one of the songs later that we did from a later era but I think his, his voice is, is everybody's voice is an instrument I suppose but in particular his voice is a, a very distinctive instrument and one thing that people don't know about him is he trained as an opera singer classically for <laughs> for four years and it's it's, it's yeah. like uh, he could do it there's that, that, he, that when, when he started the fall he, he got rid of all the tapes yeah I'll be it. Yeah. He's Ness and Dormer, apparently. Exactly. Going back to the football team was, a, a, was something a, to be. He could have been on the Go Compare adverts and all sorts. Exactly. He was the uh, fifth it's, tenor. Yes, yeah, the way life's go, life goes. Or what was that? Uh, what, he could have been in that cheesy, um, well, cheesy to me. Some people love him. Uh, Britain's Got Talent, uh, what are they called? Anyway. Oh, yeah. Group, 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 all the Cod Opera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still time. People, people Still watching. time. Yeah listening um ezra you told us what you think of this song the acute don't think you have no i didn't i did not um yeah fucking great basic the quality of the lyrics throughout this whole evening have been very high and and this one is where we get onto the motif of the face but the way it just comes in with him like do i look like i have on my forehead do i look like i have on my face complain here and rip me off my advice to you is this have i got i need advice written on my forehead keep your pen with a cat to sum up the motive of this film is keep your cap on your pen and your dick in your pants do i look like i have written on my forehead wow that you know that's fucking brilliant and next level and you know i was thinking about actually i was thinking about nick drake when i was walking home from work tonight and listening to nick drake with a friend who said you know i don't need this mournful guy kind of singing metaphors at me and that was you know and I, then i realized yeah you know marky smith i don't think i've ever heard him use a metaphor or a simile in any of his songs and yeah that was interesting for the moment it's excellent there's no message it's just something that he has experienced or what he sees. And those are the songs I really like, you know, just songs about people experiencing reality. <laughs> exactly. MES is the yeah. medium, is the message. Exactly as Steve said, it's just completely driven by his voice, a perfectly perfunctory musical backing that sounds like, but it's all his fucking bandwagon for such great, brilliant beat. Tim's going to hate this. What does he think? So, no, not really. He's got kind of funny lyrics. Nice minus seventh on the burst progression. Not bad. This is why I was going to ask you, Phil, as a musician. He's got that kind of like uh, uh, the two chords get a, give a very particular feel, that kind of like gothic, southern gothic kind of thing, like dark country twang. And he's, what is that change that, that gives that effect? You've got that minor nine stuff. But you showed a really interesting video in the bunker chat where there was a guy playing it on guitar didn't you and he was and then he overlays the bass where he's playing it separately and it does give you a different appreciation for just how smart a bit of music this is there's i i think it's it's light touch but it's it's the bass really that's doing the interesting harmonizing okay. if you if you listen to 
it doesn't pick out the root in the way you expect it to when he's holding that minor ninth chord. When it changes, it hangs onto the root, which is what gives it that firm footing. But when it goes, the actual uh, majority of the verse is being sung over that minor ninth, and it's not the root that's being played underneath it. It's actually accentuating different notes, which are a disharmony to the root. So that's what leaves it. It feels unresolved, and that's what gives it that tension and and the, the sort of the sinister edge to it all. Yeah. You think something's going to happen? He said minor sevenths, right? You're saying minor ninths. Uh, well, I thought it looking at the card he was playing on that video that you sent around, it looked like a minor ninth to me, which is it gives it that slightly higher sense of suspension, where the seventh is more of a melancholy, it's more of a um, more of a blues feel. If anyone's still. <laughs> Listening, here's what I think about the song. I'm not uh, going to tell you what they think about the song. You just asked me about the music. Can I, I edit just, that? No, no. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in. It's the best thing you've <laughs> said all night. Go on. What do you think? <laughs> The main thing I think about this, and I think I'll sort of said this to start off with, where it's like Johnny Cash feel. Um, it's like Johnny Cash on vocals, but Johnny Greenwood on guitar. And I think that's a that's a lovely marriage. When it comes in, the the whole the crazy solo bit is is wonderful, and it, it works really well. It reminded me more of that. What was that? what's the last song? Is it Nine and a Half? Oh, the very last song, Nine Out of Ten. Yeah, yeah, Nine mm-hmm. Out of Ten. That's it. Yeah, I, I, it really reminded. Of that it's got the same kind of emotional vibe, but it's, yeah. it's the same yeah. kind of valiant guitar work going on as well. Yeah, it's a guitar and voice, and that's it, really. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's a winner for me. This I think it's brilliant. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think because yeah, it's on. I am missing winner, which yeah. is often not given a lot of love, and it's a quieter song. It's not. It's not making itself known. It, I don't remember really giving this much time before. That slightly southern gothic feel, like I said, with some standard indie production. So nice and jangly, and the the strum guitar. Guitar is, is nice enough. I need some pan pipes, I said, or a massive twangy riff. Um, but that would probably ruin the vibe, probably. Um, bits, I don't want to get back into any musical stuff again, but there's bits where it seems like the chords, one chord will just go on longer for a bit. But maybe I just would. And there must now be a list of advice songs. We must be able to put together a list of songs where Smith is giving advice to people. As the for, for, uh, for the record. That's uh, the other, other, other way, isn't it? Um, uh, and Ezra, I think, absolutely spot on about the lack of metaphors. I'm definitely going to keep... Good call. Is that that's everyone, right? Oh. Time to vote. But is it going to the fingers? Uh Philip, which way are you going? Oh, this is this is a tough one. Um, um unfortunately I think I'm gonna have to go for a cute because I really like the big, but I think a cute is the better song. Fair enough. I'm also going for a cute. Steve, which way are you going? Well, because um well, wherever I am, I'm not a musician really. Um but hearing the, the this Particularly good musical elements. Well, I'm I'm shading it for the uh, for the, uh, the acute. Um, what about Tim? Uh, acute. Oh la la, Alistair. It has to be the acute. So, Oof. Ezra, you can still turn it around. Ah, this way. It's interesting. You know, up until our discussion, I was planning to go with WB, but I've won myself around to the acute, and it's incredible because you know, on the album we've got this Ibis Hotel Man, ex classmates, kids. It's actually becoming an album that I quite respect and like. We're all going on our Blaney journey, as uh, as Phil realised last week. He's got, this chap's got something to him. Don't press your finger in the wrong socket. You know, that's good advice. 
So let's move on to the last showdown of the evening. We have Fiberbook Troll off Sublingual Tablet 2015. What does one say about Facebook troll? Well, um, I suppose it, it's sort of my era because we're going to the fall depressingly late. Uh, in about 2010, about 2015, wasn't it? And just one, I heard a lot of gigs and I just, I love a good rant and I sort of enjoyed it even more live, really, because when he gets into, you know, I want to play Facebook troll. That's uh, live. It was, uh, I probably preferred it even more live. You know, getting into that um, motor rig, or whatever you have to call it, uh, riff. Um, and, you know, I just love a good MES rant. <laughs> this is a good one here, right? Doesn't he say somewhere, I've read that about, I don't want somebody looking in my house or seeing inside other people's houses or something. But I remember reading something about Google Maps and talking about looking inside people's houses. I, I don't oh, know where I read it. I always thought he was talking about it. Facebook. We did, we did it a couple of shows. Ago, he see he said it's a line from something, isn't it? Where he goes, "What makes you think I want to look in other people's living rooms?" Yeah, he's not in face, not in Fiberbook Troller. Yeah, I'd put money on it was in this one. She was talking about Facebook and people living other people's lives and being nosy and putting their houses in and look up, you know, and, and the which iPhones. Quit iPhone. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Same idea, social media, iPhone, Facebook, all that, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the rant, it takes me back to some slightly drunk, happy moments in my... What had to be my era of the forks. I missed 71.4786% of the form. I worked out once, uh, as best I could, from 1976 to uh, 2010, April, when I first saw him. Yeah. Nice. Sweet, sweet. Um, I just want to play you another song that he did that was about technology. I think I think this is the fall. <laughs> you on Facebook. Why do you need second-hand friends? 
Do you really care? A fucking piece of shit. Van Morrison. <laughs> we talked about this a bit, a bit, a bit ago, Steve. About like this is this is how it could sound in the hands of, of an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Smith, Smith does it really well. He, he like all of that sublingual tablet stuff where he's critiquing like mm-hmm. in that era remit laptop dog with iPhone, all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is how that's how to do it right. This Van Morrison yeah. garbage is. It's a bit too gentle that to be attacking Facebook and social media. <laughs> the lyrics just like so bad, yeah. just so. Yeah, that, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> the attack and the lyrics, not great. No, but I mean, just just briefly, I'm thinking like, yeah, I've met, I've met, I've been looking to meet quite a few, a number of X4 members, and you know, as Paul Adley said, it wasn't all bad. Yeah, I mean, else people wouldn't have lasted ten minutes. I know some people did, but some people lasted years, and there were arguments and stuff. But I've met people and there's bits of Michelle about who've met him and nine times out of ten I've had a great evening for this person they'd met really one of them learned a lot from him had a great night one or two others were like oops so I met him I wish I hadn't you know so he, he wasn't the messiah and he could be a very naughty boy but uh like Van Morrison apparently he's not the most um, <laughs> easy to get on with is he <laughs> I'm not, I don't mind some Van Morrison but I think you know I'm more about what Mark Smith and the four produced in the end so uh, I think it was I wasn't in the band and people had some tough times as well as good ones, but I'm so glad they did it, you know. So uh, however um, awkward he could be on occasions, but so can Van Morrison apparently. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a bit. But um, this is an absolute masterclass in late fall period stuff. At the beginning it, very Joy division that, fir- that first little riff on the bass, it comes in. But then when Eleni's keys come in, playing the same kind of riff, and she is all over this. This is Eleni's just, she makes it. Kieran on drums is keeping it lively with some percussion. It's not that kind of four to the floor stuff that we get in a lot of songs. I wanted that bass to be a bit bit deeper and a bit more like Shanley. And then at one, one, one and a half minutes, Greenway comes in and that's Peter. That is exactly what we want to hear. I know we've ragged on you a few times for your riffs, but that, that is good. Keep doing that, lad. Um, late era classic, I'm calling it. Mez starts shouting again. Eleni takes it up another level. Then gurgly mess goes in and it starts expanding out into this wider thing. It's six odd minutes long and it's perfect length and takes its time to leave the room like an angry drunk. Um, I tried to buy an apple for 10 cents, no matter where will I find my book friends on online summit. I need a Facebook troll in fight against imposter. When I smile, I've gained friend. He says he will not access my daughter. I need Facebook troll. There's so much. Ezra. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, there, there are always false songs for every uh, fall aficionado where you like listen to it just like what the fuck is he saying right there you know I really really want to know what he's fucking saying and you you would you know before the wonderfulness of the annotated fall you would just have to try and puzzle it out right and I didn't even know the name of this song when I got into it and I was just listening to it on a compilation I'd received from a friend and so I just used to think yeah he's saying like I don't want a fucking face for a cow I don't want another face on a trowel <laughs> and, and variations of that, and I, you know, I, that was the best I could do. 
<laughs> and I still fucking loved it. It's brilliant. I mean, it, it, it's interesting that we've been, I think, if I'm not mistaken, at least the one on the playlist was the original version of that track, which was released on a compilation. And it, it's, you know, it's very good. But the actual album version for me is like a country mile fucking superior. The lyrics are a bit different. And this version's actually got the more interesting or, shall we say, voluble kind of lyrical version. Um, there's less words on the album version but it's way more punchier and intense yeah I mean pure fucking space junk garage it's perfect fucking love this tune it's, it's good for emotion life wasn't it it was good for emotion when, when he went off on good night yeah. nice nice Alistair you like this one yeah I do quite like it you know uh, but you know people got criticisms of it which mainly is like if it was playing it like I'd either sort of be in the drummer of the best player I'd be bored of Diff. It just goes on for a little bit too long, but like that riff. But yeah, it gets that interesting, doesn't it? He sort of like develops, it picks up. It's like you got these like really sort of Spartan riffs sort of kicking in here and there, building up to Smithy screaming his head off like an absolute nutter, which is always fun. But yeah, I picked up on the Joy Division thing as well, which got me thinking, as it does quite often, like when we're sort of like reviewing some of these songs, <laughs> of like just thinking where uh, the fall were in their career at this point. So Fiber Book Troll in the just think of the shape that New Order were turning out of time, you know, uh, which very much contemporaries. But um, I suppose Smith, he's got everything he needs apart from money. New Order got a bit. Fair enough. What does Tim and Pip think? <laughs> I'll tell you what Timothy Twar says. He says about the song Facebook Metaverse Factory. Good shit. Gravely gargly mez. Locked groove. Great screeches. Beautiful. And what do you think, young chap? Well, we started off the evening doing about how he had his finger on the pulse back then about football, didn't we? And now at this kind of very late stage in his career, he's got his finger on the pulse again. You know for a fact the first time somebody said the words Facebook troll to him, his ears pricked up and he was like, I, I can do something with that. Yeah. That's getting yeah. used. I, I must admit, I didn't do the, uh, the, the clinical thing on the words like you and Ezra do, but I, in my mind, this was almost like a like, character piece where he's sort of inhabiting a character and performing that on stage, a bit of a Roman total of perhaps the, the latter end of it all. Um, and they fucking nail it with everything. Everything's great. I mean, there's, like, there's nuances that, that you would change in the production perhaps and, the, and, the, and perhaps bits of the performance, but as a sum, as a big glorious fucking noisy mess, it's brilliant. And it's, do you know what I mean? It, do, it do, doesn't only blow Van Morrison out of the water for that fucking pedestrian bile that he puts out, but it fucking decimates it. It's, and it's, it's brilliant. I love it. And you're totally right, Elaine. She's fucking yeah, I think that's it's a good point about you know the stuff that the four putting out so late on. I mean, you know, I'll go back and look at videos and think, you know, it would have been a bit advanced for me to be at the Hacienda watching them doing Smile and God. You know, I would have been 13, I'm going to get the bus up from Wolverhampton. It was never going to happen. But I wish I had gone in the fall a bit earlier and people can say, oh, that's great. And, you know, what that's genius. But, and buy the book troll and stuff off this, the album. Later albums in as good. But I don't know. I, I think it's just great for me. It's just different great. And it's... And I like the way his voice is, is different and he goes into the gurgling and all stuff at, at the end because 
it's it's infinite variety across 40 years for me that's good yeah absolutely i mean what we're finding doing this is that i mean we knew this already but there's great stuff all the way through like truly fantastic stuff in every era and, and stuff on every album and it's like we're saying nothing off this nation savings grace is going through and like you know half of our you are missing winner has gone through <laughs> like that, that's like <laughs> You know, I mean, we've all been yeah. captured to say Stockholm syndrome wise. Exactly, our critical <laughs> functions have been totally decimated. It's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Smith farting into a bottle—that's going through. Yeah, that cough for two minutes twenty, and that oh, God, it's the best cough I've ever had. Exactly. Yeah. Sadly, where we're at, and it's like this: this song, there's a on, on the Antetti file. There's a big long thing about his interactions with his mates trying to get him on Facebook that ends with him using Richard Medley's technology <laughs> to catch the trolls. Yeah. I'm going to save it because I'm thinking, fingers crossed, this goes through, yeah. but um, magic. It's just so funny what he intentionally and unintentionally sometimes, I suppose, but Paul, I wasn't louder than words at the weekend. Um, right, yeah. Manchester, right. Jill, Robin, Jill, yeah, Jill Adams, Rob. He was talking about, you know, I think it was him about how he just sometimes deliberately accidentally gets things wrong. He never got mobile phone right. He used to say to people, can you give him a call on your portafone? It was like same thing with he probably called he probably called Facebook fiber book for some or by accident nice. he'd be saying, God knows you know what I mean but uh, it's just those little phrases like fiber book and stuff like that you know yeah well there was a panel right about the fall what was what was the subject yeah. remember did you see it well there was two things about the fall I mean um, I would have gone anyway because it's a great event but obviously the fall I go every year but. Um, First one was Kevin Cummings doing his book. He's got a book of full pictures telling oh, stories. Right. And then uh, Paul, Paul Hanley sort of did the interview for that. And the next day, there was a panel with John Rob held where it was Paul Hanley, Steve Hanley, and if anybody's Punky Sai, Martin Brammer, Mark Riley was there. And again, Kevin Cummings as the photographer. And there's just some, it'll, I'm sure, I don't know, really, I think it'll be, it will be on YouTube, I'm sure, at some point under, um, uh, louder than words but yeah it was great uh, story right. let's have a bit of a listen and then see what we think of the usher it's only a minute and a, and a bit long so that one off reformation post tlc um 2007 the promise they portion to promise they portion to promise Tale of the Usher A. No violence B. Ultimate sorriness C. A mutual respect for all the business The Reformation is coming It is coming fastly And D. An even cash flow This, this cannot be We've been uh, particularly harsh on Reformation post TLC, and you know, fair enough. That that was a band that was rammed together at the last minute, and um, I've done some good stuff. Tim Presley's done some good stuff by himself, but this very nice cheeky bass and guitar interplay, if you don't mind, maybe this got me thinking the Reformation lads could have actually done something a bit better if that had another six months. Smith sounding more like Jarvis Cocker than I've ever heard when he says uh, violence about twenty seconds in. Um, and does not outstay its welcome at 117. And it is a uh, another list song, Tale of the Usher, Ultimate Sorriness, Mutual Respect for the Business. 
the Reformation is coming. It's coming fastly. Enjoy the film. It's very nice. It's a, it's a delightful little number. Ezra, what do you make of it? Yeah, I do have reason to believe that this album is maligned with good reason. And I think that the reason is quite likely, as you say, the band was thrown together at last minute and had to sink or swim. But this track is great. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, it was a very interesting thing because, you know, on the way home from work a while back, uh, I had a look at this article and basically it was making the case that, that narrative art springs from the list. Well, well, that's just fantastic because, you know, the, one of the great, great things about Marky e. Smith as a lyricist is his use of the list and how he just uses it to confound absolutely everything, time and space and light and hope it's all confounded in the list and this one's great you know the promise they portioned to promise and a no violence b ultimate sorriness c a mutual respect for all in the business the reformation is coming d an even cash flow this cannot be underrated e cut down on rhythm machines and have more guitars and mini discs etc f treat pr security people agents etc with the respect and uh, honor that they deserve Six, enjoy film. <laughs> six, F to six. <laughs> Great fucking classic. <laughs> Alistair, what do you make of the Usher? I'm in complete agreement with, uh, with yeah, uh, I didn't notice that it's uh, a list song. It's a uh, very mechanical, quite like that, which in a sort of strange way might remind me a little bit of quite rocky stuff. Reminded me a little bit of uh, Ian Jury or something like that, but I, I don't know why that is. Uh, but yeah, it's dead short and going up against the uh, Fiber Book Troll, which is a very long song. It's uh, chop and cheese, isn't it? Oh, isn't it? What about Pip and the Usher? Uh, yeah, we have been very harsh on this album, and like as we said, with good reason. But this is a little gem. This one, uh, I think musically it's great. I'm not I, the guitar's completely lost and wandering around on it, and, and whereas on like a figure walks, that's quite charming. I find it quite irritating on this. Um, but everything else is great. Right from the off, it sounds fab. The the, the bass and drums are, are doing doing great. Um, listicles being the oldest literary form, so uh, it's you know it's in good company isn't it in terms of its format um and it's it really what you were saying before about metaphors and similes really reminded me of um, elaine rob greer the, the french writer filmmaker and he used it was part of the roman nouvelle thing and they used to just describe what happened there was no internal psychology about anything it was and that that no metaphor sibling thing really reminds me of that style whereas this reminds me of like a robert aikman story i don't know if you've ever read any of his stuff but that weird uncanny feel where you just you, you you're not quite sure what's going on or why things are happening and things seem to collide the idea of ushers and he seems to be describing how he's deconstructing the band sound and putting it back together again and enjoy the film and it's it's all a bit weird and uncanny. Not quite sure how it fits together, but it seems to fit together quite well. Um, and I love that. I think it's uh, it's uncanny in all the best ways. Aye, he was a canny lad, wasn't he? An uncanny lad. Ooh, he's pumped it. Was um, what about Tim? Shall I tell you? Aye. Okay. Usher. A. Stiblance. B. Kind of groovy. C. Coming fastly. D. I like it. Seven. I like it. Very good. Good. And to, to our guest to wrap up proceedings, Steve, what does the usher do for you in, in this post-Reformation era? Yeah, I was trying to think of a word, but I've got to, oh, was it Tim who's that list there? Um, 
groovy. Yeah, that's a good word. It's it's groovy. Um, like it'd been longer, I suppose. I was getting into it. Your sources again mentioned the annotated fall, the fall online forum. You must get them all, Steve Pringle. But also, I've been looking back again at forty odd years of the fall. Tommy Mackay, another, another good book, and he mentions um, Doctor Book's letter, which I might not have linked the two together. But again, a, a, a sort of a list song. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doctor Book's letter. You know, I, even at five minutes, wherever long, it's quite a long song. The Doctor Book's letter. That's too short for me as well. I could carry on for another five minutes with that. I could definitely get take more of this. Really, I think it's uh, yeah. That that period bit. where uh, the band walked out on him, and uh, then he got these lads together for the while they were on tour, but then unwisely yeah. maybe went in a recording album with them. It's it does not even like the title track. Is that does not nobody like actually Reformation, the song Reformation. That the Fall Hotel. Oh Monty, I would love that. You quite song. like that one, right? Yeah. Um, hilarious. I liked lyric. it. You didn't. Yeah. You said it was terrible. Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I've changed my mind. It now. Was, so the video, the video's filmed or inside and outside the Salutation pub just Manchester, just off okay. Oxford Road, and he bodies down that way. Right. Oh, Sally, yeah, yeah. 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 cheesesteaks, and then it's hilarious again. Me and my lad Jack Googled it and worked it because they were in whatever. There was a hotel called the Fall Motel, literally, wasn't it? I think, and they were in the state of wherever it was, and that state's called the Cheese State. You Taurus and the Cheese State, and it's one of those funny things sticks that, with me. The one that we've liked the most was uh, insult song. insult song, right? That song, yeah. very funny. Yeah, it's Tim so, Two, <laughs> Tim Three. So that's where you came. All right, is that's everyone? Let's take a vote. I don't think this one's going to be close, but I've been wrong before. Uh, Facebook troll, Faberbook troll versus the Usher, uh, Ezra. Yeah, I've got to go for the rocking for the rocking rockers, so right. it's got to be Faberbook troll. Uh, Alistair, I'll go Faberbook troll, but I did enjoy the Usher. Likewise, and Phil. I'm going to comment and share that I like Facebook troll. Very good. And what about the other lad, the uh, Tim lad? Yes. Facebook. Okay, and Steve? Fast book. Fast book. Very clever. Pan. Steve? Yeah, without having a time machine to go back and encourage him to do, uh, he'd probably tell me where to go, uh, the usher a bit longer. I'm going to have to go with the uh, fiber book troll. Fair enough. So that means that fiber book troll, the acute uh, bad news girl kicker conspiracy goes through. That's right, isn't it? I think. Steve, that was a bit of a marathon. Thanks for, for coming along. I know you've had a busy no, washing machine related day. <laughs> yeah, a bit of drama today. I crave drama. Another fall lyric. <laughs> Yeah, that has been great. Thanks. Yeah, and anybody who you know wants to come you know, to the Church of the Fall show again, love to see a full fans, non full fans, Church of the Fall show on Twitter and Facebook. It's, um, yeah, uh, oh yeah, I'd love to see you anyway. Anybody fancies? Yeah, I mean, Phil, if you're around and Alan, anyone else, when you when you post those dates, that'd be great. And um, yeah, when we do round two or round three, if you're around, we'll throw an invitation if you feel like coming back. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I've had a, had a run out, and uh, you know, I'm come off the bench. I think, you know, I'll uh, I'll let others have a have a game, but I wouldn't mind coming back on now. Got got the feel of the game. Yeah. Nice. So. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, see y'all, resty alls, and uh, have a good day. Bye. See everybody. Cheers. Nice to meet you all. Welcome to Fallout Podcast.